evening, Patriots. And it's Monday, July 25th in the year 2022. And of course, on the East Coast, you get to slide into Tuesday before we do, which is good. Patriots, you know I love coffee. You know I love it a lot. And little did you know that my pillow is now carrying its own coffee brand, which I've been trying, and it's really exceptional. Now, we've carried the Expedition line of coffee, which is a health coffee, but this is just regular drink-it-up coffee, good American organic coffee. And you're not going to find it on the My Pillow store. I'm going to put a link below the podcast when we post this. You're going to find it on my store. The easiest way to find my coffee is just Google my coffee, or you can type in mystore.com forward slash my coffee. And it's just fantastic. So here, here is what you've got. You've got light roast, medium roast, dark roast, and then decaf, medium roast. I don't think decaf is legal in the human race, but they keep making it somehow. I don't even know why you would want to drink decaf. I'm not really clear on that one. But you should check this out. It's a good price. So a two-pound bag, for example, with your promo code is $37.49 for a light roast. And it's, oh, that's all the same price. So $37.49 for light. And that's whole bean, light roast, and ground, right? Get whole bean. It's, it's better because it's fresh. And then you get a grinder and you grind it as you drink it. It stays better. And I just, I just have some now and I'm trying it and it's, Fantastic. So it is a organic coffee, three different brands. So all you have to do is type in mystore.com forward slash my coffee and wham, bam, there you go. Coffee. My, my coffee. And it's great. And of course you have, you can also go to mypillow.com. There's all sorts of amazing sales there right now, but I wanted to let you know that, you know, for those that love coffee like me, this is great. And again, mystore.com forward slash my coffee. Then once you get your two pound bag of coffee, you can swing back over to mypillow.com and you can buy yourself a new mattress, which are on sale for 50% off. Or you can get yourself some my slippers with the all terrain tread and you can go running up the hill with all that new energy from your two pounds of my coffee. <laughs> That'll be your workout in the morning. You'll be like, what are you doing? I start my day with my roast of my coffee, and then I put my my slippers on, and I run my heel to make sure that I'm in my fitness best shape. <laughs> All right, Patriots. Anyway, check it out. MyPillow.com forward slash bars is our landing page. And then if you want to check out this new awesome coffee, check out MyStore.com forward slash my coffee. And I'll put a link below the podcast tonight. So you got it. All right. So I've got a couple things I wanted to play. I want to start with food. And I want you to listen to this little piece here on farm labor and, and the food problem they're having. It's, there's a number of issues in this piece. This is done by Al Jazeera. It's a number of issues that this piece reveals. One is the American diet. People want consistency. They don't want to eat seasonally. That's a very unhealthy thing. So you're going to hear that. And then just the idea of how much how farmers are getting crushed out of that because people want they want cheap i've always said this you buy cheap you're going to get cheap they want cheap and they want the same thing over and over the american diet's horrible for you by the way the traditional american diet 
or standard American diet, which is sad. But take a listen to this piece. The Mozzarelli family has been growing fruits and vegetables in the state of New Jersey for four generations. It's always been an unpredictable business, but this year profit margins are exceptionally tight and workers hard to come by. It used to be three, four years ago, there was people coming in and out of the yard all year long looking for jobs. This year, I don't think one car pulled in the yard to look for work. From fuel to fertilizer, according to the government, production expenses in the farm sector are projected to increase more than 5% this year. The cost of fertilizer has more than doubled this season. That's largely due to the war in Ukraine, which combined with the coronavirus pandemic has led to a host of supply chain issues, driving up costs for farmers. Labor costs, the biggest expense for fruit and vegetable farmers, have also gone up. Many here in New Jersey are paying top dollar to import pickers under a special visa program, but they're competing against countries that pay much less and grow year-round. So far this year, the amount of imported fruits and vegetables in the U.S. has surged 13 percent, according to the Department of Agriculture, putting many East Coast farms at risk. Because grocery stores these days want a year-round consistent supply, and we are a seasonal production area. We can't supply everything 12 months of the year. So people are going to have to think a little bit differently about how they deal in the wholesale market. Um, it's going to be a challenge. Some farmers are selling directly to local consumers, attempting to diversify their crops and their customer base. And in May, President Biden authorized funding to produce more fertilizer domestically, as well as incentives for U.S. farmers to plant more crops to help make up for shortfalls of Ukrainian wheat. But it may be too late for Tom Shepard, who's looking to downsize his operation and expenses. He currently employs more than 200 people. Unless the uh, American consumer uh, uh, requests the supermarkets to, to stock local, you know, at least the U.S. made stuff, we're going to have a tough time because we, our wages are so much higher. Farmers think it's a small price to pay to preserve local jobs and farmland. Kristen Salumi, Al Jazeera, Cedarville, New Jersey. These things are getting to be very critical because as we lose farms, if we're going to compete, continue to be dependent, which is what they want, on the main agriculture big guys or on the grocery store and the supply chains, and we're not getting domestic food, that means we're becoming once again dependent on foreign sources. The idea of us growing food, sowing seeds, could not be more important than now. And in principle, it is an exodus that we're creating. It looks different. It doesn't look like we're crossing the Red Sea, but effectively we're, we're exodi exiting, exodusing. I like that. I'm going to make up a word, exodusing. We're exodusing the current world that we're in, and we're doing so in place in a way, but we're connecting with one another. There's nothing more important right now than buying local and buying from your farmers. But the problem is, I, I say that, as an American culture, we haven't learned much here in the last couple of years. And that's a real sad statement because people are still just wanting cheap. They want convenience. And that's it. And we've got to get back to the principles of taking responsibility for our lives. Now, with that, we also have this whole new issue. All of this is fourth industrial revolution stuff. 
which is modernizing us into a world that we aren't wanting to be part of, but they're insisting that we must be. Basically, the slave masters are telling the slaves that they must obey. And we have to make a decision of whether we're going to obey or defy. So the other emerging piece here is DNA. And I cannot stand DNA tests, and I don't promote them. I don't like them. I don't care what they promise, and I won't push them ever. And DNA tests are, that's your sacred code. And nothing keeps, they can't guarantee, nobody can guarantee you the absolute safety of your DNA if you've given that to a sequencing, sequencing lab or whatever they're going to do with it. In fact, kind of a standard issue now is if, and you'll hear it here, is that private companies are selling DNA just like they sell data. Well, data's one thing. That's behavioral stuff, or that's how you, how many followers you have, or what you what sites you frequent. That those patterns can be relearned or trained out of you. But DNA, you're stuck with it. That's God's temple, and once they get ho- once they get hold of that, there is no going back. You've lost it all, and lost it into their the masters of the universe. If you've done COVID testing, congratulations. Your file is now complete. Most of it's in the hands of the Chinese. And I'm sure that NSA's massive facility is happy to have your contribution as well, that one down in Utah. Remember, these people are not in the business of making your life better. They're in the business of learning more about you so they can control and influence you more. That's the objective here. And it's all shaped around the idea of a future emerging threat. Now, I'm going to play this one-minute, 44-second piece. Wait for it in the end as they build up the adversary model and then wait for that little slipper slider that they throw in at the very end of this. And keep in mind, too, there's not one mention of the damage being done by mRNA and the sequencing of mRNA in these vaxes either. Here we go. This was sort of the subject of the latest James Bond film (laughs) and proves that we may be actually our own worst enemy. That's right, John. The enemy may be inside us. That's if American adversaries can weaponize our own DNA and convert it into a bioweapon. People will very rapidly spit into a cup and send it into 23andMe and get really interesting data about their background. And guess what? Their DNA is now owned by a private company and can be sold off. People can hide behind a mask or online, but you cannot hide your genetic code. Former CIA officer Ron Mark says the Chinese already have files on 80% of all Americans, and it's possible they could use DNA information against us or others, say the Uyghur population in China. They would be targeting individual minority groups, for instance, and uh, looking at some form of genetic engineering there, for instance, to decrease the capabilities of population growth, say, for instance, for different groups. 23andMe did not respond to a request for comment, but its CEO notes that no one is forced to hand over their information. I've just always felt like you should be entitled to your information and then put it on the individual. Like, if you want to share it in your ways, like, allow you to share it. 80% of our customers opt into research. 
It's not even like they have to click out of it. Like they're electing to opt into research. There are several bills in Congress to beef up American privacy laws, but Ron Mark says the Chinese aren't the only ones exploring this technology. The U.S. is working on it as well. Oh, surprise. I, I know that got you all just like, no, not possible. The good old America here working on bioweapons. What are they saying about what we're doing in Ukraine? Something like that. Only we're doing that through Shell companies and proxy states declaring proxy wars on people like Russia to come up with all sorts of things in there. Look, someone just asked a question in chat. I'm just going to share it because they're asking a question. What happens if you buy a COVID test in, in, in cash? Look, everyone's always trying to find an exception to what they do. If you're participating in these tests, Sure, you can get a home test and you think you're safe. They are collecting your DNA one way or another if you're going to start playing the games with them. Just quit trying to play the damn system. There's no reason to even be doing these COVID tests. What's on these COVID tests isn't even healthy. So maybe they didn't get your DNA on your COVID test, but if you're one that's willing to do a COVID test, you're someone who's willing to give your DNA away. It's that simple. So the whole point here is that your DNA is sacred. And if you're going to expose it to the labs, like I said originally, it's not going to be yours anymore. And they are using it to weaponize it. Dr. Charles Morgan, you can look it up on YouTube. Charles Morgan, he worked for the CIA. He was in part of the advanced interrogation team. I worked with him. Look up his, le- his lecture that he gave at West Point. That same lecture was given originally as a classified lecture in 2012. What they are doing with DNA would blow your mind. And they've already developed a DNA storage system, storage memory system, hard drive. And they, the amount of memory they can store in there, that's how they're building this consciousness transfer system is using human DNA. They are mapping out an ability to create a new species. And what they're doing is they're cataloging everybody's information that they can. If in any way you submit your DNA to a lab, you are vulnerable to having your DNA taken. And most of the time it will be because it will be cross-sold. And even if a lab tells you it's safe, I guarantee you it's not. Don't give away the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. So where we are right here, is it's not about gaming a system. This is life and death stuff we're talking about here. And the sophistication of these weapon systems is beyond anybody's comprehension. When they start adding these quantum capacities in their computing and they start adding advanced AIs and supercomputers, what they're able to do in sequencing and tying that to specific type weapon systems would blow your mind. What they were working on in Ukraine was to wipe out whole cultures to be able to target diseases that would go after specific DNA profiles. That's just the beginning. And this is the lunacy of the world we're living in that people keep thinking, well, we're going to win in November. Good luck on that. Tell me how that's going to change. And this is why I keep saying this. 
Listen to this two minute and 21 piece by Alex Jones. This piece begins, it's a, it's a series of pieces that have been laced together. The first segment is 2011. The second segment is 2012. The next segment is 2019, and it ends with a segment in 2022. This is not a new agenda that we're facing. I told you about this a decade ago, folks. Laugh, self-driving robot cars about to hit Nevada highways. They passed the law. Soon there won't be any truck drivers anymore. There won't be any checkout lanes anymore. Why the future doesn't need us. And then the technocrats, they're designing the infrastructure. They're designing the system. They're designing all of it not to empower humanity and build up humanity. The vaccines, the GMO, reduce fertility, dumb you down. They frame the whole thing that is a foregone conclusion that your brain will be transplanted in a machine and copies of it will be distributed out and death will be conquered. They want a transhumanist new dark age for the rest of us, turning off our resources in a post-industrial world while in high-tech reservations, the new class system, they have the advanced tech, which people beg for like a slave-med iPad, like a slave-created iPad made at slave factories with suicide nets, then they give it to the so-called upper class. And Google believes that the first artificial intelligence will be a supercomputer based on the neuron activities of the hive mind of humanity. And so then it's the end of consciousness and free will for individuals, as we know, and a true 2.0 in a very bad way, hive mind consciousness with an AI jacked into everyone knowing our hopes and dreams because we were already wired in and absorbed before we knew it by giving over our consciousness to the system by our daily decisions that it was able to manipulate and control into a larger system. The ultimate racism, the ultimate anti-human, globalist eugenics movement that says humanity's failed and over and that machines are going to override us and the elite are going to merge with silicon and that to do that they must first shed themselves of us, the cancer. The priest at Google, the priest at Apple, the priest at IBM, the priest at Microsoft. That is their religion. I declare this July 4th, 2022, to be a declaration of independence against the alien force on this planet today, waging war against humans and our biology and our very future that is attempting to exterminate the majority of us and force the minority that's left to merge with AI computers and become cyborg slaves of Satan. That's the bottom line right there. Once in a while, Jones gets it right, like a lot of times. He may be a little wild, but man, he he has nailed it over and over when it comes down to the meat of it. Patriots, we're in a position right now, we have to start really thinking bigger. And bigger by meaning that what is it and where is it we're trying to go? It's not about trying to figure out how to work through the system or manipulate the system or try to game the system. This thing is a rigged deal. And they've got you coming, they've got you going every which way. You know, even the, the cell technology now, if you saw Batman where they were able to activate phones, and one of one of the Batmans, they were able to activate all the phones at once and create this grid where they could literally see everybody and track everybody. These technologies are not invented for movies. They exist. And the amount of trace that we make as human beings, we, we think that we are, we're better. We think that we can not make a trace. We're going to make a trace. That's just it. And part of this whole Skynet that Elon Musk is putting it, or whatever it's called, it, to, me, to me it's just Terminator Net, man.
that Musk has been putting up at the expense of our taxpayer dollars, which we didn't get a vote on, by the way, that the Department of Defense has been pumping up these microsatellites everywhere. What is that really about? And we don't know exactly what it is, but I'll tell you, if it's functioning like we think, then what is going on is that they're creating a massive grid that you you don't even need a cell phone to be tracked, tagged. And that's the other thing. These these injections, we know that they have the, the tech in them to embed trackers in you for life. It's not like it's going away. That technology is not new either. They developed a technology back in 2012, 2010 that was a gel that could just rub it on your skin. It would bond with your DNA permanently. It would absorb through like with a DMSO type base. It would bond with your DNA and it would illuminate you from a satellite anytime they, tr- they tr- flipped it on. You see, they've got this stuff down. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to find ways to get around it unless we decide to exodus this whole thing. And that's just it. I mean, this is the world that they're they're trying to shape and tell you that everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. We're going to fire a few people up in D.C. We're going to vote them in new, new people in the fall. That's the matrix talking to you. We need to be listening to what God wants us to do. And that's really where the real power of this is. Exodus 12, 29. Now it came to the, came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt with the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. Pharaoh arose in the night and he and his servants and all of the Egyptians and there was a great cry in Egypt where there was no, there was no home where there was not someone dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, rise up, get out from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel, go and worship the Lord as you have said, take both your flocks and your herds as you have said, and go and bless me also. The Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we will all be dead So the people took their dough before it was leavened and their kneading bowls bound up in the clothes on their shoulders. Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have their request. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. We're at a point right now when our two societies are incompatible. Those that have taken the injection, those that believe in that process, those that are trying to live within it are obsessed with these sort of sciences. There are things that we can do. There are many things we shouldn't do just because we can. And this world that we're in right now is literally running amok. It sees DNA as its new playground because it's a satanic world. They want to try to create gods themselves. That's the whole point here. I don't know where this exodus moment is or how it happens. I just know that we have to begin in our own decisions, each individually. If we're going to survive this, we have to make a decision to break from this society. 
the way that it's going. It's not acceptable. That's my path. Because I can't imagine living in this world where there is a, it's such a unbelievable Orwellian concept. I mean, you imagine that when they get this the way they want it, your DNA is tied to your tracking of your facial recognition. There's no place you go that they don't know where you're at. And right now, they're almost there anyway. The amount of, if you just pay attention to the news and how quickly they can find an image of somebody or a video of somebody doing things, you've already heard that like the Amazon doorbell thing, whatever that's called, it goes to the Amazon cloud. That's not your private data anymore. If it, has a, if it happens at your house, Amazon's going to hand it over to anybody that wants it, typically the authorities. If they're telling you that on the front, that means that the back end channel is already set up. So it's linking everything. They're in the process right now of linking all this data. That's their big game and why they want so many of these illusions before you because they don't want you seeing what's going on behind the curtain. Behind the curtain is like in front of the curtain you have four, five, 10, 15 different stages of different things going on. You're like, oh, wow, I'm so entertained. Oh, I don't like that stage. I'll go over to this stage. Behind the scenes, everything's getting wired together. What looks like 15 different stages, it's all one controlled central program. That's the big push right now. And they're doing it in the midst of promising all sorts of massive changes. Be skeptical. Don't be willing to accept easy wins. Somebody wrote me tonight about how I needed to reconsider President Trump because apparently I he prayed once and mentioned God and because of his original acceptance speech. Look, I don't take one event. I take things in context. And like I've said many times, I'm skeptical of all politicians. I don't care who they are. Because at the end of the day, we're still dealing with the Republican Party. We're still dealing with rancid out-of-control people that have sold their soul against this nation and the people. And voting a few out doesn't change the higher architecture architecture of this entire power structure. Putting a few new people in D.C. is not going to change the principles of who's controlling D.C. We're not getting rid of the Blackstone, the Blackrock, the Vanguard. We're not demolishing Wall Street, but... Who's going to do that when it's all the people's money? How can you demolish Wall Street when people have their money invested in it? That's a choice of the people. So in a true statement, when you hear President Trump saying, we need to know that the country is run by and for the people, well, guess what? The people are making decisions right now, and they're gaming the situation to try to make money on Bitcoin or try to make money on currency exchange. They're trying to make money by investing in property that Blackstone is buying up, or they're trying to make money on by putting money into the stock market to make money on the pharmaceutical industry or the robotics industry. All of these things are part of the fourth industrial revolution and the shift to the new world order. And the, the whole concept is to bring everybody in and bind them. One ring to bind them. That's all it takes. And that one ring, the worship of money. We have to make these decisions to exodus. And the thing is, the one part about this which always gets me is it was the Egyptians themselves that kicked the Israelites out. Moses told them to get ready to go. But it was that line. The Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we will all be dead. And the Egyptians were willing to give them everything. Just get out of our country. We're all dying. Your God killed our firstborn. That's how they saw it. 
They didn't have the wherewithal amongst themselves to take the step because they were too committed to the lives they had. They were slaves in their mind. They were slaves. The problem that we have right now is too many people in our country are still thinking in terms of being slaves. And that's the obedience to the system. And that comes in so many different forms these days. Obedience to the system. Defy and survive. Obey and die. It's where we're headed. And it's not death in a normal way. It's death in the, they are going to find ways to transition us, try to transition us into their image of what they want. They, a small group, they, whoever they are, and they vary, have made a determination of what they want humanity to look like. And I would challenge anybody to show me that that is not pervasive in both parties. The only difference you have is people are ascending in the, in the Republican Party to create a new leadership structure. But they're not going to be immune to the influences of big pharma money or lobbyist money or blackmail. And even if those things are removed, then you have the simple principle of have we changed the moral foundation of the nation. What we discover in this exodus with Israel is that this slaves leave, and as we know that journey, they are obedient to, Mo- to follow Moses. But at a certain point, they are expecting something in return. They're expecting Moses to provide. And that ends up being the wandering in the desert. Because they're expecting that you're supposed to take care of me. That's the slave mentality. That's not the sovereign mentality of living free, taking responsibility for our lives. That's our real bankruptcy in this nation. And it's what's going to continue to challenge us all the way through. Just like farmer stuff. I mean, it, I want cheap. Well, what about buying American? Ah, well, it's too expensive. Or they, they can't grow the same thing over and over all year round. Well, I, can't, I can tell you what does grow the same thing over and over all year round. It's called vertical agriculture using DNA and CRISPR technology DNA modification, GMO, and, and, and uh, CRISPR technology to grow that same lettuce, that same vegetable you want year-round in vertical capacities, and they'll just ship it out to the various grocery stores, and you can go there and you can get that. I have no idea what the nutritional impact of that stuff is, but I do know this. Every single bit of food that's grown in these vertical agriculture facilities, all of which have been genetically modified, are required to test their product on rats to make sure the rats don't develop cancers or die. So I might want to tell you something about the quality of what is going on in these places and what was really the thinking behind it all. We need to get back to basics and take the accountability and responsibility as we were intended. And I know that times this probably sounds like, oh, here he goes again. Well, that's okay. Because Building up this movement and this exodus is going to take all of us together, reinforcing that message and spreading the message. We have to think differently. Not just think that we're going to be obedient to some new form of the old. And that's a lot of where people are getting caught right now. I think it's very clear that God is showing us a way forward. But that way forward is a divorce. It's an exodus. It's not we're all going to walk together and sing Kumbaya and 
Some are going to get the shot and some are not, but we're all going to get along. That's kind of the political solution here. And I'm still stunned that, that at how this whole thing is quietly being brushed under the rug. There is a, I listened to a piece tonight. It's really quite amazing because it's just a regurgitation or a, a, a compilation of all of the excuses that are being given on people are dying, dropping dead. High doses of vitamin D, sleeping too much, loud music, exposure to sun. I mean, everything under in your imagination they're coming up with of why people are dropping dead. If they're giving you those narratives, you know there's a lot more people dropping dead than we're knowing about. And they're trying to brush this under the rug because no one wants to take the accountability of being part of one of the most destructive and ruthless bioweapons attack ever. And they don't want people realizing it before the damage is complete. Is complete. We're almost there, so don't worry. Our death toll on this, I still argue that a lot of the reason that we're having labor shortages isn't because people don't want to work. It's because people are sick, maimed, or dead, in my opinion. And I think the numbers are proving it. And that's the world in which we are live, in which we all live. They're wiping out the human race in certain segments. They've already launched that DNA bioweapon. And they did it very effectively. And sadly, many people accepted it. So we're going to be challenged now as we move forward as a society, as a race, as a country. And the only way to that point, ultimately, is for us to live not with, I I would say not with the hope of what we're going to regenerate, but with the satisfaction of what we're doing. Big difference. Too many people are trying to build on the hopium of what's coming. I would say it'd be much more realistic to say to build on the joy that God's allowing us this time to expand the kingdom and share the glory of his love. And that's where a lot of the people in the Exodus was, were missing it, I believe. From the stories that we have, they were expecting Moses to solve their problems. They weren't embracing the joy that they were receiving from God to be set free and to literally start anew. And it took about 40 years to weed out that slave mentality. We're deeply ingrained in a slave mentality here. And it's going to challenge us. The more that we take an effort to sow seeds physically and spiritually, get our hands dirty, the more that we take accountability for our lives and we start to really let God flow through and show us this gloriful existence of prosperity, not scarcity. I don't think there's any question that God's pouring out more than we could ever imagine if we're listening and and walking with him. But I think the question we have to ask is what is God expecting of us? And what I would say from the lessons even of Exodus, we have to cast out our idols and our idol and our idolatries. We have to get past the expectation and worships 
of the politician and the political class being somehow the ones that are going to save us. We have to get past the worships of money. And we have to get back to a true repentance in our heart to let that go and put everything on God to walk cleanly with him. And when we do that, mountains will move. I don't know what that future looks like other than we have to strive for it. Because what we also know is God doesn't need millions. He just needs the few that are dedicated and pure in their heart. The more the merrier. But this is a time when it's more important than ever that we shed away all of that expectation and idolatry. And we start getting true to that relationship with God through Christ to the Father. It's easy to get snagged up in this, and I, it's not an easy way out of it. Debt has a way of building huge anchors and shackles. And money has a way of corrupting everything that we see in terms of value. We start thinking about, okay, how am I going to, if I'm going to do a business, how am I going to afford our bills? What can I do? I will tell you from experience when we let go of those things and stop worrying about that, but start worrying instead about the gift and the talent and executing what God truly puts before us as whatever that is, even if it seems like it's an impossible way to build a living, God will provide. I'm going to close with a really cool email that I received tonight as just a reminder of all of this. And I'm just going to paraphrase it. But they asked me to share this with BDAD, so I will. This is one of our BDADs. One of our Bards Nations. This is an individual who has, in the past, raised hives, honey. And so this year, he had a couple of hives, hives and at least one of them died. But he had a neighbor that liked to have bees. So he changed the model of thinking. This is what I love so much about this story. And this is what I'm talking about, about how when we start to listen to God and we start to do and be led by how God works us in something, even if we know it, how transformative it can be. What he's discovered is that people like to have bees and they like honey, but they don't have the, the capacity or necessarily the skills to raise bees. So he came up with a very wonderful idea. If the people will house his bees, he gives them 25% of the harvest and he takes the balance for himself. It's no cost for the individual. All he needs is their space to put the hive in. And so he's doing that and he went from one person now to where literally 40 people want hives in their backyard. Now, I just want you to think about that for a minute and what a profound shift that is because that's 40 hives now in a community of pollinators and it doesn't cost anybody anything other than just to have the hive in the backyard and he can come up and he will manage the hives once a week and with that, they get 25% of the yield. There's always a risk in that. We know that. But it doesn't cost anything. So you're not losing anything. You're only gaining. See, that's 
the perspective of God's world. If you have a hive in your backyard that someone else is managing and the hive ends up dying, which is possible because it does happen, what have you lost? Nothing. But if the hive yields beautifully, what have you lost? Nothing. What have you gained? 25% of the yield. See how beautiful that is? And that is a place where that is truly in the sense of God's model to me. It's a perfect example of this new type of economy that we can build. It's a wonderful story. And in the process, the pollination of the areas are increased in the communities. And you have improving the beehives themselves, the bee colonies themselves, which are under attack. And again, where is this putting in now? It's getting down to the individual. We're breaking away from this massive centralized agriculture model and we're pulling it back to the home and to the small homestead, the urban homestead, the small homestead. And instead of trying to run on one property where you say you're going to run 10 or 15 or 20 hives, you've distributed 40 hives out for 40 families and every family gets a portion and the beekeeper gets his portion and everybody wins. I love it. A fantastic example of listening to God and of letting God lead to a solution to reshaping the world. Every one of us has that within us. Everything we do. And I just encourage Everyone to seek that. You're not going to make it. God's going to put it on your heart and show you how. And when we do things like this, we do things differently. We start to understand as God teaches us how to transform what seems untransformable into an entirely different relationship in the world. And what it bring? What does that bring with it? A resetting of the moral foundation of the communities that we're working in and the communities we're trading with. That's true, true change. And imagine a person who is walking with God, with Jesus in their heart, tending to bees, and they're seeing the product of that. I wonder how many families get touched by Jesus. You know they all do. That's the beautiful part there too. It's a wonderful story and one that we all need to strive for. Let's pray. Father, we're just blessed tonight with an amazing story that you, that was shared and was able to be shared with us. And again, the glimpse into the world that you're leading us to, a different way of looking at things to set greed aside and self-possession aside and accumulation aside and to look at life through the lens of sharing, giving, and portioning out so others all benefit. Not that one benefits at the expense of the many, but that we all benefit together in one form or another. Father, we just we're blessed with these sorts of examples as they continue to flow. We know that we're not walking, you're not trying to create an egalitarian world, but rather we're trying to create a world 
where we truly love thy neighbor as we would want to be loved, as we take care of each other, share with each other, and celebrate your love with each other. In the many different ways that we can, in business, in life, in in, in exchange, in, in commerce, everything. And Father, you're, you're unbelievably patient with us because this is a process of us unlearning and relearning, of putting more trust in you. Stepping away from the medical community, stepping away from all of these things that we've been told that we can't possibly live without, Wall Street, medical, educational, political, and putting the real optic of where change is. Change is not in a vote. Change is in action on the ground in our local communities where we're touching one another. So, Father, we just end this prayer tonight. We just ask for your blessing and that touch of beauty that you can put on all of our hearts to remind us of the power of change within our local community. Guide us and bless us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, it's really something when you think about it, because that's where the real change is. And it's, they, I just always go back to this, is why is there so much emphasis on trying to change Washington, D.C., which in itself is a cesspool. And there's so little emphasis on getting us to change our relationship to the Lord in our home and from the home to our neighborhood and from our neighborhood and communities to our counties. Because no one wants to talk about that. It's not where you get campaign funds and you don't get to hire a cool ad agency and you don't get to have yourself in print. You don't get to put your face on a billboard. And you don't get to have door hangers with your face on it. And you don't get to be a celebrity when you stand up on stage and you talk about all the promises you're going to make that you know that none of them you're going to keep. See, that that's politics. You know, the only thing I haven't seen a politician do, I, I swear if I ran, I'd probably do it. Put my face on the back of a milk carton. Where is he? That'd be great. And I probably underneath, I'd probably put something like, he's looking at you right here on the milk carton. How's that cereal going? I'll tell you. That'd be a good way to run. Run for president by putting your face on the back of a milk carton. That'd be pretty cool. I don't think, I. Yeah, it would be a little strange, though, wouldn't it, to sit there and try to have your cereal and have the, Future president looking at you in your, <laughs> I can't, I, that was a, just one of those crazy things that came up. All right. So look, I'm hitting pretty hard these days on this political rhetoric of promises and hopes that I find to be pretty fallacious. It's not to dispel dreams. It's to get us in focus to where. I think that too much of the country is missing it. We're at a critical time. We're in the valley of decision. And the only decision I think we all know we have to make is to walk with God. But it's so easy to get drawn into all this other drama that has means nothing. It means literally nothing other than a seasonal issue to get all worked up about and and gives you nothing in return. True change, like the beehives here, the beehive business. 
man, that is transforming people's lives. And the ripple effects, you can just let your mind race with that and what that can do. It's exposing children to beehives and, and bee practices and beekeeping. It's bringing what has been stripped away from us back down to the local level. I am really blessed in a neighborhood where we have somebody across the street who keeps chickens and slaughters their stuff in the backyard. So it's not just one, it's multiple houses now. And that's how we have to continue to kind of go back to go forward, to taking accountability and bringing the realness of life back to life rather than, I think I'm going to order my ham from the store and have it delivered by an electric autonomous vehicle to my door. I don't know what's in it, but it sure looks like ham. (laughs) Man, yeah, I'm sure it does. All right, patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. It's a lot for us to stay focused on and all equally a lot for us to be blessed with as God has given us these amazing insights of how the world is and continuing the glimpses of how the world can be. And God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground Oh I can see it now, I can see it now
sunsets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain. 